1: Hello and welcome to Thanks for the Knowledge, Fanbyte's weekly news show, rounding up the headlines in games and entertainment in one handy podcast. I am not John Warren, however, I'm actually Paul Tamayo, producer of this very show, filling in for John while he's away on vacation. Actually, here in New York. Fret not, I'll take you through the week's biggest stories and also a nice relaxing chat at the Gran Turismo Cafe with Fanbyte's very own Michael Hyam to discuss his real life history with motorsport and what we think of the first week with the game. It was a really nice conversation. We learned a lot about each other, the 350Z, his history in autocross racing and tons more. Definitely stick around for that one. But first, let's talk about the week's news. Nintendo released a statement on its social channels that it would be delaying the release again of Advance Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp. This is the second delay of the game after Nintendo announced at the end of last year that the game would be delayed because they needed a little more time for fine-tuning, quote-unquote. This time around, while not outright naming it specifically, it appears that Nintendo may be attempting to avoid any weird sticky associations to the ongoing invasion of Ukraine by Russia. Nintendo's official statement says, quote, "...in light of recent world events, we have made the decision to delay Advance Wars 1 plus 2 Reboot Camp, which was originally scheduled to release on Nintendo Switch on April 8th. Please stay tuned for updates on a new release date." End quote. This isn't the first example of Russia's invasion of Ukraine affecting the video game space. Ukrainian studio GSC Game World indefinitely delayed Stalker 2, focusing on staying safe through it all, in addition to all the fundraising happening to help Ukrainian citizens. Our very own Kenneth Shepard's got an excellent piece on the site, which is linked in the show notes if you'd like to read more, and more importantly, there's a link included with a roundup of organizations that you can donate to if you're in a position to help. Obviously, it's more important that this senseless violence comes to an end sooner rather than later, but it does currently pose an interesting dilemma for certain game makers and publishers. So much for uh, keeping those games non-political, huh? Hey, y'all remember Gotham Knights? It's that four-player co-op game where you can play as Robin, Nightwing, Batgirl, and Red Hood doing some good old community service following the death of Batman. Well, after a delay into 2022 that happened a year ago, we've uh, got a new release date. The game will now be out on PC, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and S on October 25th, 2022. As Ken points out in yet another excellent piece on the site, this is not a continuation of the Arkham series. The new Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League is doing that. Yeah, that's the other co-op game based on a DC property. Come on, keep up. If you were planning on playing Final Fantasy XIV, or FIFA 14 as I like to call it, and your username on there has any special characters, watch out. Mike Williams has a great piece on the site about that apparently being an issue when users attempted to link their accounts. Square said that the move to offer this feature was introduced to quote, enhance account security, end quote, whatever that means. Users who tried to link their accounts with fancy characters in their names were met with the dreaded message reading, a technical issue has occurred, with no other clues as to how to resolve the issue. Thankfully, much like the heroes in the game, the Final Fantasy XIV community came together with a potential fix. Just change your name, bozos. Mike Williams writes, quote, simply change your Steam username to all standard alphanumeric characters and the error will go away, allowing you to log in normally, end quote. This won't work for everyone, though. Some users have reported that the fix didn't help them, sadly. The Final Fantasy XIV team has said that they are aware of the issue and offered an official statement on the lodestone, quote, we are currently investigating the issue, however, given that there have been many cases when the game has been launched and played without any problems, we have not been able to identify this cause at this time. We apologize for any inconvenience that this issue may be causing. To keep up with this story, go ahead and bookmark our Final Fantasy XIV dedicated site in your browser, thelinkshell.com, for all of your FIFA 14 needs. Amazon. You heard of them? Well, they reportedly want to make a God of War TV show because apparently no one there knows how to turn on a PlayStation. According to Deadline, Amazon are looking to develop a series based on Sony Santa Monica's catalog of games. We don't know any details yet, but we do know that the creators and executive producers of The Expanse are involved, in addition to the Wheel of Time's producer and showrunner, Rafe Judkins. Sony Pictures Television and PlayStation Productions will also be helping develop the show. Please just keep Mark Wahlberg away from this one. If you were really looking forward to the hip-hoppy kind of walk you could experience in Square Enix's Forspoken, you might have to wait a little bit longer. The RPG was supposed to come to PC and PlayStation 5 in May, but has now been pushed back to October 11th. You can read Luminous Productions' official statement on fanbite.com as well as friend of the site Imran Khan's thoughts on the preview he saw of the game back in December. I'll throw you a link to that article in the show notes because I got you. This week Sony's State of Play focused on generating some good old fashioned hype for the PlayStation 5 now that Gran Turismo 7 and Elden Ring has just set the bar oh so high. Here are some of the biggest things to come out of that showcase. We got a new look at Ghostwire Tokyo, a new Stranger of Paradise trailer with a demo for those of you who just can't wait till Friday, a.k.a. John, a new Forspoken trailer, that game I mentioned earlier that got another delay. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles The Kawabunga Collection features the original arcade game, Turtles in Time, and Tournament Fighters, and is aiming for a 2022 release date. And Square Enix showed off its brand new strategy game that gives us major Final Fantasy Tactics vibes titled The Dio Field Chronicle with another 2022 release date attached to that too. Find out everything else I missed over at fanbike.com where Imran's got you covered. And speaking of PlayStation, eight more women have come forward as part of a harassment lawsuit that the company attempted to have dismissed last month, according to a new report from Steven Totillo over at Axios. The new individuals coming forward have claimed that PlayStation is, quote, not equipped to appropriately handle toxic environments, end quote. Their statement also describes discriminatory behaviors including what Axios lists as, quote, demeaning comments, unwelcome advances, a lack of attention paid to their work or ideas, and most frequently, a sense that it was harder for women to be promoted in the company, end quote. This sadly isn't the first kind of story we've seen in the game space involving these alleged toxic work environments, so of course We'll be keeping a close eye on this as the story develops. Now let's take a nice little springtime drive over to GT Cafe to meet up with our good friend, Michael. Well, with Gran Turismo now being out for a week, which for me feels like Four months at this point, based off of how much time I've spent in it, uh, I decided to uh, to to ask the proper racer over at Fanbyte to join me to discuss uh, m- Motorsport, but more importantly, Gran Turismo Seven, uh, 25 years of Gran Turismo history. Uh, so I'm, of course, I'm talking about the one and only Michael Hyam. Michael, thank you for joining me today. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing all right. Thanks for having me on. It's uh, it's
0: Playing a lot of the Gran Turismo Seven has sparked a lot of old passion for for uh, uh for the days of when I was, uh, was a was a petrol head in it. Yeah, it's rekindled a fire that I'm excited to express and kind of uh would like uh, look back on and almost remember some things I forgot about about being a being a uh, super uh
1: street now, street racer, allegedly. 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 You can't (laughs) prove anything. (laughs) It's actually interesting hearing you talk about that because I think we're both coming at it from similar angles, but obviously like with different past experiences, I have sort of had this long-term passing interest in in cars and and motorsports in general. And that was by way of Gran Turismo. I I started with Gran Turismo 2. I saw it on the PS1 way back when and was blown away by it. Got the PS2 GT3 A spec bundle, which I poured ugh, hundreds, maybe even thousands of hours into, yes. uh, which genuinely taught me a lot about cars. Like taught me a lot about you know the the physics behind racing and the mm-hmm. and the, the mechanical engineering side. My, my dad is a mechanical engineer, so I've always had a you know and a little bit of an interest in that side of things too. And whenever he would you know spend the time talking to me about that stuff, but you um, you actually have a history with. With cars and specifically racing, that I would love to find out more about. Was to tell me a little bit about that, like what what was your what's your history with with motorsport? It's uh, it's how I, I try to make this short, but uh, like like you,
0: I think Gran Turismo was that turning point for me at a very young age. I was seven years old when GT One came out and. I wow. played that game so much, like I remember just chilling during the summer doing endurance races. I loved endurance races, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, yeah. with my 1000 horsepower R thirty three Skyline <laughs> with nice. a wide body kit, I was just smoking fools for fifty laps in Hell Gran yeah. Turismo One. So much so that uh, I talked a lot about cars in third grade, and I remember I remembered this specifically wow. as I was playing GT seven. Was that my third grade teacher? Was uh, like asking people about careers. I remember this one day, she's like, Oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? And uh, stuff like that was tied to an assignment. And then I was like, I want to be a professional basketball player. And she's like, damn, that's funny. Cause I thought, I thought you would say like a professional racer or like a car mechanic or something. Cause all you fucking talk about is <laughs> Gran Turismo. Like I wrote a lot about, I would write about car parts and I would wow. list out things. Like, oh, when I get home, I'm going to spec out my Prelude with a new muffler and intercooler. Yo, I was, I was mad. And like GT1 changed my life. I was, yeah. I remember uh, also, I got, my, my mom bought me a bike got like a bicycle when i was mm-hmm. when i was young and i would <laughs> i would pretend i would prop it up on like party chairs and like go under it and then like imagine that i was like working on a car and then no, when, I it, when i would ride it when i ride it be like oh yeah I, I spec this shit out with like a new muffler it's got more horsepower <laughs> like yo i was I, I tuned this shit yeah like from that day I was, uh, I was super into the idea of racing and cars. I was just like, so enthralled by Gran Turismo one. And that has carried on throughout my life. So when I got old enough to actually like my brother was super into cars also. And I got this from him as well was when I was started driving, driving, um, like he gave me his, his old car, he had a Hyundai Tiburon uh, V six. Ooh. And then, so when he got, he was in the military. So they have like all kinds of like wild avenues to get new cars and shit. But like, mm. so he's like, oh, this is like a salvage title. I can't really sell it. So I'll just give it to you. Uh, and so I was, I was whipping around like a V6, like, I don't know, it's kind of kind of whatever, but a V6 because it's got some, it's got some meat behind yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, so I was whipping that thing around. And I actually wanted to take a step further. Um, cause at the time, the, the big thing in, in my hood was, uh, like hella flush and illis. those things were huge. Yeah, that was like a whole yeah. cultural phenomenon that I, I was like, I really vibed with, but I never wanted to kind of, I never felt like I want to do that to my car. Like I didn't want to uh, stretch tires and like drop my car like super low and then worry about mm-hmm. fenders and rolling fenders and not uh, f- scratching your tires off your fender like, If you're into cars, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, But basically, it's an aesthetic thing. Uh, But I was more fascinated by the opportunities to actually get into racing. So I was like, you know, I got this. It was my daily car. Like of course, I didn't. I barely. I had a part-time job and barely any money. So uh, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to this as an opportunity to kind of understand what it was what it's like to actually hit the track to actually race and not just like try and flex nuts at stop lights with, with the, <laughs> and
1: rev your engine and yeah, rev yeah.
0: your engine at, at the at the beat up civic that's <laughs> right next to you because yo we did that shit a lot and uh allegedly allegedly uh but yeah it, it it was just like fascinating and that at that like need for speed underground too was also a cultural phenomenon uh within sure. my circles and i I think a lot of people can say that. Uh, so there was always this fascination with uh, tuner culture and especially street racing. Um, but I, I didn't won't necessarily want to get deep into street racing like a lot of other people I knew. Uh, so I looked towards uh, sanctioned racing. So uh, that's cool. In San Diego, we had a um, an organization called Race Legal, which uh, did uh, drag race competitions, and I did autocross for a little bit
1: oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So someone mentioned that to me actually they were like yo if you if you're interested you know down the road uh, into getting into like amateur racing they said mm-hmm. autocross is a great place to start uh, perfect because yeah it, it's just they take an empty lot and they create a
0: makeshift course out of traffic cones and yeah. it, it, it's it, 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 and everyone like lines up for time attacks it's just like continuous time attacks so it's cool. yeah it, it's a way to it, it doesn't feel like a ton of pressure like i'm not going out to a track and i'm not spinning out and worrying about crashing into other cars behind me it's just like all right everyone line up all right go or a barrier yeah or yeah or a barrier uh, <laughs> and i i have raced on tracks uh or a track uh before in uh in southern california which is a cool, oh that 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 feeling is so like autocross is dope to get it like out of your system and really understand how much you can push your car in terms of handling uh and like turning corners and all that stuff um but when you take it to a track it's it it feel the feeling of driving your car on a track is, is just it's unmatched in a way yeah, and like i okay. can't imagine yeah so thankfully that the track i went to had a lot of um space to kind of like if you spin out like it's just dirt on the side so you're not going like oh that's good yeah, you're not crashing the barriers
1: and shit so yeah that's good that's good yeah th- i mean, my my only my real only racing experience is uh limited to just like karting mostly which mm-hmm. is is my only real track time experience uh, we, I mean, we we did a little bit in providence actually we got, yeah. we got a chance to 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 race a little bit out there but i've done like gas powered carts like outside in mm-hmm. the blistering sun and like it's it's fun and it's interesting how much of the muscle memory and lessons that you actually learn from Gran Turismo and of course other, uh, you know, driving simulators and, and games out there really do apply to, uh, you know, real track time. Like yeah. it's, it's not obviously ever gonna be a one-to-one uh, simulation or, or, you know, sort of experience. Cause obviously like when you're in the comfort of your of your living room or your bedroom or whatever, you're not experiencing those those G's and and you're not yeah. experiencing the sweaty nature of just being <laughs> in protective helmet gear and yeah. like in the blistering sun, but there is a lot that you can actually learn from these sorts of experiences, and and I think that's like. Hearing you talk about your your childhood with a bike and and your your sort of like just your trajectory with your older sibling is is I'm drawing a lot of parallels to my to my own experience of like mm-hmm. you know I remember getting a bike when I was a little kid in Queens and like just remember the freedom I felt on on like wheels just being able to just go wherever I wanted and even push you know is obviously not the same as driving a car on a track and, and racing but just that that sensation of understanding what those you know what that feels like is is, yeah. is for me as a as a tiny little baby child was was very obviously had a huge impact on me yeah. and in addition to like my dad just preferring to drive manual and like my brother mm-hmm. obviously getting a really cool car when he was older that influenced me to get me my car i got I, my first ever car was a, a 2000 uh, infinity g20 which was a, Ooh, a you know okay. kind of a little 2 liter uh, cute little uh car with a, it had a little moon roof so i was flexing you know when i, yeah, own. I was way too young to be flexing like that yeah, it's like a balling on a budget luxury car you know Say exactly I'm. yeah i had the bows inside you know mm-hmm. it sounded okay. okay um but uh yeah no it, it's it's interesting because like i some of my favorite memories of just learning about cars and motorsports are so linked to gran turismo because mm-hmm. of like you said like i remember spending so much time in my bedroom, like with, you know, playing the endurance races and my friends would come over and they'd be like, oh, you're doing like how many laps? Mm-hmm. Like how long is this going to take? And I'm like, <laughs> look, listen, um, you know, having said all that it's, it's 25 years now that Gran Turismo has existed. Yeah. Um, which is, I think it's like the, the median or the, <laughs> I think the average age at fanbite. Um, yeah. what, um, What are are some of your favorite, like, memories with Gran Turismo? And and are you seeing any, like, links to Gran Turismo 7 that, like, have sort of reactivated some of those experiences? Yeah, absolutely. Because I think one of the things
0: that stood out to me in playing GT7 is how consistent the franchise has been in terms of its aesthetic and its vibe. Vibe is, is uh, is the best way I can describe... What's unique about Gran Turismo 7, it's just it it has this uh, really relaxed sensation to it, despite a game being about driving speedy race cars around tight corners, there's uh there's like this reverence for cars that's weaved throughout the game and in some rather hilarious ways like legitimately this game is funny as fuck (laughs) because yeah uh, yeah. of uh just in an absurdist humor kind of way uh which is fascinating Mm. but there's a lot of respect and love for motorsport and the just the concept of cars and that that's kind of That's kind of always been a thing in Gran Turismo, but like just like chilling on the world map and uh, figuring out what I want to do—it's just that same that same vibe of like the relaxed music playing in the background and the kind of—I don't want to call it sterile. I don't think sterile is the right word, but it's. it, it's like it, a ni- nicely manicured. Yes, yeah, that that's a good way to put it. That that reminds me exactly of what it was like to peruse the menus in mm-hmm. Gran Turismo One, uh, and it's really nice to see. Like, I spent a lot of time with GT One, spent a lot of time with G uh, with GT Three A Spec, um, but I kind kind of fell off later when I started to gravitate more towards like the Need for Speeds and uh, and games like that. Um, yeah, same. But. And then so coming back to this, I'm like, wow, they they really haven't forgotten what made Gran Turismo special. And it's rekindling a lot of those memories. And a lot of the I remember exactly in Gran Turismo when what my path was in terms of getting cars, I would always get a used prelude. Uh, (laughs) and uh, and then i would uh then i would get a used r32 skyline and then deck that out and rock with that until i would need to get like a rear wheel car for you know the rear wheel specific competitions and then i would use a dodge viper srt10 so like those the the that way of thinking of when i go to the used car menu like okay what's going to be my next car like how am i going to deck it out okay i need to I can't deck it out that much because there's limiters on this specific race, and I want to use that car. Like just the the way in which you kind of strategize how you use cars in different competitions, uh, like that muscle memory. It's like, damn, dog. Like yeah. all these all these things that I picked up on, all these habits, all this knowledge that I had when I was seven years old is really really being put uh, to the test here with uh, Grand yeah, Prix. Yeah, It's just like and. I, I kind of, when I try to explain this to people who aren't into cars in the same way, they're like, wow, this game is the same as it was 25 years ago. I'm like, yes, but that's a good thing. Trust me in that like the the, the act of speeding around uh, racetracks and uh, weaving tight corners and just like the habit of like, okay, out, in, accelerate, don't accelerate, mm-hmm. don't mash the gas until you see the the, the exit of the corner uh, yeah. and then don't brake while you're turning, like brake early. Uh, just and th- habits like that those things are timeless bro like you c- yeah yeah and i think over the years the games have gotten closer and closer and closer in trying to create that one-to-one experience where the physics are right the uh the reaction to the, like the, the brakes and the pedals feel closer to real life and with each iteration the g- games get better about that sort of thing so even like the minor improvements in regards to those things can drastically affect the experience. Um, It sounds like, it does kind of sound like bullshit, but trust me, uh, like if you're super into this stuff, it's, uh, those things matter. And yeah, uh, especially if you build a full game around it with something like GT7, um, I think that it it creates something that's uh, really special, but I do think it's pretty niche in a way. Uh, I think that driving sims have, or racing sims have kind of as time has gone on become more and more niche because i remember yeah. what gt1 was like back in the day like that was a huge deal for games uh in in general like anyone could get into gt1 because it was such a new and fascinating thing like games have never done before but racing sims have evolved a lot since then obviously so Gran Turismo is kind of finds itself in a weird spot today where it's like those who have reverence for the series or just like super into motorsport will probably be uh, the ones to gravitate uh, towards uh, Gran Turismo. But I'm so happy that it hasn't really lost its way. And I I, I do appreciate what GT Sport was trying to do, uh, but I don't, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think I was in the right headspace for that. And it's focus on like multiplayer competition, which actually sounds really dope now that I think about it. Uh, I just yeah. just didn't get into it, but I think like GT7 has that great mix of, you know, come here and chill and drive some
1: cars, you know, learn about cars as well. It's all good. I appreciate what GT Sport set out to do. And I, I, I actually poured a decent amount of time into GT Sport. Funny enough, not really touching the multiplayer side, just mostly just doing like the driving school and Mm. just kind of reacclimating myself to some of the mission challenges. And I think it like, going back to a point you made earlier about the sort of testament to Gran Turismo and and the beautiful simulation that they've created, like how, you know, a lot of that stuff, even though they're like very minor changes with each iteration, they make such a major impact on the overall experience. And Mm. I think like, Speaking only for myself, like I only got into it a few years back once I started seeing like just clips on YouTube of Gran Turismo and I got into like a YouTuber in particular, Super GT, shout out to Super GT. Mm -hmm. Um, And I started, I I found myself getting back into Gran Turismo like several years ago. And then, you know, you throw in a a global pandemic, you throw in Formula One, you throw in... Mm -hmm. Uh, you know me not spending a lot of money because I'm not going outside anymore and (laughs) I was like hey I'm gonna get a racing wheel and I I, oh hell yeah, yeah. yes I I dove into uh this was this was last year I I dove into like Assetto Corsa and you know any any major or I guess popular uh driving simulators that exist on PC and those can be like very very obtuse very very like you know very much, like, not accessible. And I know since then, subtle Corsa has, like, Competizione, which is, like, yeah. their sort of GT competitor. Um, but still, th- those games can be really, really, like, punishing. Like, you have to, like, really know what you're doing. And I think Gran Turismo, for better or for worse, is extremely accessible. I mean, there's still no damage to the cars, which is, uh, you know, a topic for another day. Yeah. But for the most part, it's not going to punish you. for. Sh- I mean, it'll punish your track time, but it won't punish you in the way that, like, a real sim would on pc where like if you shift wrong and you fuck up your transmission it's like okay like start over (laughs) or you know what i mean like you can actually like damage the which which is one thing that i actually really appreciated about i guess we can go into it a little bit but i guess one of the shortcomings of gran turismo we'll talk about the bad before we get into the good stuff but um one of the shortcomings for me is, you know, the for me, it would be nice to have the option to have the, the damage turned on because as someone who plays a little bit of F1 here and there, um, especially on the wheel, there is a sort of heightened, the stakes get really, really heightened once you turn that on because yeah. like, you know, one bad turn, one bad exit, like you were saying earlier, you know, one clip into the barrier, that could just ruin your whole race. So there is a sort of like, um, there's this real focus that needs to come with, with racing. And, um, you know, because like in real life you were, you were saying earlier, like the difference between autocross and, and track time, for example, like when you're racing with other people, like there are, there are stakes involved and, and there not only are, are there stakes involved, but there are like people's lives are, are at stake here basically. Yeah, yeah. And one wrong move or one selfish sort of, you know, silly action could, could really cause yeah, some dire real
0: consequences harm. out there on yeah. the track,
1: like for real. <laughs> For real, yeah. And even in karting, even karting can get really gnarly. Like, I've seen some real bad, <laughs> like, crashes into barriers and stuff, which is why I think, like, for me, the simulation side is so appealing because I don't have to really worry too much about a lot of that stuff. Like, you know, obviously, I'm, I'm not going to get hurt um, too bad, at least. The, the wheel could, could jerk a certain <laughs> way and hurt yeah. my wrist or whatever, but... Um, Getting old. But... Yeah, we're getting old. You know what I mean? I do have to take breaks. Despite all that, I think Gran Turismo does such a wonderful job. And and Gran Turismo 7 in particular, like getting back to Gran Turismo 7, I think it does such a good job of onboarding people who might be, you know, kind of interested in cars or, or might even have their own history with cars. And they want to learn more about their, their favorite cars and they want to, you know, understand what makes them special. And and Gran Turismo, for me, as somebody who grew up as a fan of like, oh, we got the new Encyclopedia Britannica on CD-ROM. We're going <laughs> to put that in the computer. She got a video of a cheetah running in the beginning. This shit is crazy. Um, I, I, I love that shit. I, I love these, like, these, these sort of experiences that are ma- mainly um, learning tools. And in this case, like, Gran Turismo, when you boil it all down, is just like a really, really polished simulation. Mm -hmm. And everything around it is just like ways for you to just continue to get back into that simulation. But the stuff that they add to it in terms of like, you know, the livery editor, the tuning, um, you know, the license tests, the replay editors, and like the the photo editor, like there's so much here that I feel like, how the fuck is Gran Turismo not like, $300 (laughs) $300 yeah, <laughs> it's, 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 it's wild to me and I, I was thinking about this too about how
0: many cars there are in the game and how much work goes into making the physics models for each car close to how that car actually handles and like of course they've they've done that for years and years and years so there's a lot of uh, they have a, a huge well to go back on but uh, just the 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 attention to detail that's required to make something as accurate as this uh, is really really something, um, and like that—that's something. That, that's one of the aspects you can really appreciate about GT Seven. But uh, also, you mentioned a lot of things around the edges. <laughs> God, license tests are the funniest thing to me because no other—I don't think any other racing game that I played does license tests. And then when I'm doing license yeah. tests in this, I'm like, damn! I remember d- doing uh, doing my mm-hmm. B my B spec and my A spec, my national international, getting my IV and my IA <laughs> yeah. license back in GT One. Um, And like just some things just don't change and some things shouldn't change uh, as well. Yeah, And then that's, that's another aspect I kind of uh, appreciate about GT seven is like realizing what, what does and what does not need to change uh, with regards to like video games or racing simulations um but yeah it's um there's just like that photo editor bro. like going around the world oh god it's it's really weird because like in certain aspects you can you can tell that okay this is like a really high-res photo with the really detailed car model of gt7 but then when you start framing the picture and then you actually take it and you look at it you're like holy shit uh that this I can send this to somebody and I can be like, yo, check it out. I was over here whipping my car around like, damn, (laughs) like I could, you could, you could catfish uh, so many people with, (laughs) with, with these photos. uh, And it's funny because I drive, um, I guess I used to drive a 350Z. I don't really anymore because I live in San Francisco. I still own the car. Um, Mm -hmm. But like a like when I got 350Z, like the shit changed for me. I was like, oh, this is what real power uh, feels like in a car mm. like here's a rear wheel 300 horsepower v6 car that yeah uh, that is like got some like i take that on the freeway and i'm like holy shit i didn't i didn't know cars could accelerate like this of course like that's yeah our car is much more powerful than a 350z but for me at the time when i first got my z i was like oh shit so i have like a really strong attachment to the 350z in particular um mm. and so that's one of the first cars I bought in GT7, naturally, uh, and I like decked it out. I got the same w- w- wheels uh, I had. Uh, work I had C Archives uh, white, nice. you know, like, painted white, and uh, and I, I dropped it. And I was like taking photos, and I was like, "Damn, I'm, I want to I want to send these pictures to my mom. Be like, yo, I was in Iceland. I, I was I was going I was in, in Japan.' <laughs> mom, check this shit yeah. out. Oh my god, it's uh, that photo editor is so wild. Like, I just oh. the part I'm a little bummed about is that. Like here at Fanbyte, we, at least for me at, th- at this moment, we have to jump between so many games um, to cover them, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. But I was, I was up late at night messing with the photo editor and I was like, I just want to keep doing this. I want to see I want to see. I want to go around the world and and build these intricate photo shoots for my car. Uh, but I was like, it's late. I got I got to move on to another game, or I got to uh, get up so I can cover this and do this. And I was like, if I had this when I was younger, when I was like,
1: oh my God. actually
0: into uh, still into motorsport uh, and just like dedicating time to uh, to tuning my car this would be like the perfect thing for me. Cause I could just like, and when I was also kind of broke and spent most of my money tuning my car too. It's like, I buy one game, <laughs> this is all I'm gonna play. And that would have been sick because I would spend yeah. hours and hours on end with this photo mode. It's so, uh, it's so, it's so wild,
1: man. Oh shit. I- I, I think that's the the sort of beauty of GT7 is that like, yeah, it's, it's a game about race cars, right? And it's a game about tuning and, and all these things that are, for me, is still a little bit out of my reach, like in terms of like my, my journey through uh, learning about car culture and, and cars, you know, all together. But there is a really beautiful freedom to Gran Turismo 7 that I find that like I've even, I I was speaking to LB actually, um, I think it was yesterday, two days ago about their experience with Gran Turismo Seven and and wanting to try it on the hardest difficulty with like you know no assists on and stuff and I was like that's cool but like for me like my approach at the moment is like I obviously want to like improve my racecraft my IQ so to speak when I'm out there in a in a race because there is there is a dance there's it's like almost like fencing when you're out there it's like you have to know when someone's going to do something where to be to to sort of have the advantage what opportunities to look out for and and all while you know being careful not to obviously. Kill one another. Um, so I'm still I'm still ironing out that part. But there was there was a moment the other day where it finally like it, I I mean the other day and I've been doing this for like a year. So it, it takes time. Mm-hmm. Um, where things started to finally click. Like I mean I taught myself how to drive manual on the sim uh, setup last year. Oh, word and. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I've never, I've never, I mean, I've always understood like the theory behind it, yeah. like the sort of practice, but I never really did it. And, and I got the little optional shifter and I got the wheels and the pedal and like, uh, you know, for, for certain cars, obviously I'll use the paddles because that's just like, if I'm racing, racing, I'll probably use yeah. the paddles. But like, if I'm doing like a single player thing and I, and I have, you know, I'm, I'm in a, I don't know, uh, m- one of my little favorite cute cars, which is the the Toyota GR86 or something Hell, yeah. that has a or, or the Z, the, the new Z that came out mm-hmm. um, that has a proper shifter. I'm going to like, oh, you know what? I'll do, I'll do the shifter and, and I'll, I'll just start, you know, I'll use the clutch and the shifter. It's so much fun to, to do is, those things. <laughs> but, but like even outside of that, like you mentioned the photo editor, there's a beautifully robust uh, livery editor. You can just download people's liveries. Yeah. Uh, you can... Um, you know, obviously tune the cars, which is which is still a new thing for me. But, but I have dabbled with it. I, I've had I had a moment where I was like, this car feels like it's doing a thing that I don't like, and I'm gonna dig into the menus and just and just fumble around. And Gran Turismo lets you do whatever you want and explore in any direction you want. And like you said before too, like I find myself after a race, if I had a really clean race and it was like really nice, I'll just sit back after it's done, and I'll just watch the replay. Yeah, and it 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 sort of scratches the same itches I have when I'm watching car videos on YouTube. It's like, but the cool part about it is not only does it look beautiful, obviously with the ray tracing implemented and you know all these beautiful high-res textures and, and these new physics systems and stuff like that. And, and not to mention the weather changes and time of day yeah. and lighting. It's unbelievably beautiful. It's probably the most beautiful game I've ever seen. And um, I'll just sit there watching it and it's just as gratifying and like, I find myself now like jumping into the photo mode after a race like you know of taking a photo of myself in the race. I can kind of like watch it like game tape. So if I'm watching the the cabin or the cockpit view uh like kind of like from the back seat almost, you can you can see my character's or my avatar's hands on the wheel and like the shifter and stuff and even the pedals. Um I watch it like game tape. I'm like what how did why did I lose control here? Oh, it's because uh, like mm-hmm. you said earlier, oh, I was leaving a corner and I floored it too too hard and I lost traction, so that it's just is that simple. Or I, I I was braking and I turned, and that's that just ruined my whole race. And the going back to like the license test and stuff like that. I think Gran Turismo does such a wonderful job of like really teaching you like racecraft and Mm -hmm. and what it means to be like a like a a good racer. Because I think you know, obviously, I love the Forzas. I love the Need for Speeds, I love all I love all the racing like the arcade racers out there, Um, but they don't really do a good job of teaching you like how to properly race yeah. like they, they teach you uh, obviously a very fun cruising uh cruising blast version of, of what it feels like to <laughs> to, to be in yeah. a you know corvette stingray or whatever but you know when it comes to actually unlearning a lot of that stuff gran turismo goes out of its way to to be like no you have to earn the right <laughs> to, to race <laughs> yeah. in this in this league but not only that but when you're on the online portion of it, there is, there are like ratings to, to how well you, not, not only how well you do, but your actual race craft. So like, if you're a jerk, you're going to, that's obviously going to take a hit to your, mm-hmm. to your, um, you know, your score. And I think that's, some, I think that's kind of cool. I think that's like a really great way to basically instill those, you know, those techniques and, and that sort of pressure almost in, into, into racing. Because it, it is a thing that like, ultimately, yeah, you want to be fastest, but you also want to do it smart. And, I could talk about like in detail the stuff that I've been doing and, and like the the things that I've been really enjoying, but I I find myself walking away every time, like very peaceful and calm, <laughs> even though I've just like had a you know a blast flooring it through Daytona or whatever. But like I find myself, you know, almost like in a meditative state like this is a thing just for me you know you can go browse the new cars you can browse the used car market there's just so much to do in this game even if you have like a like a spark of an interest in in car culture or or racing i think i think you know gt is like a no-brainer i think it's it even performs pretty well on ps4 which is great it speaks to how well it was kind of optimized but um i would love to see it come to pc obviously um but I'm just curious, like, are, are there I, I, I do think there are some things that could obviously be improved, but are there some things that you saw that were kind of like, you know, shortcomings that you weren't expecting for Gran Turismo 7 so far? Uh,
0: I don't know if uh, I don't know if I necessarily see any shortcomings. I, I, I you know, I, at first I said like, ah oh, there's not enough anime girls on the car liveries. It uh, turns out my homie <laughs> d- dug up. He's like, "Yo, I got 16 different designs for you," and I wow. was like, "Yes, all right." Then the only negative is gone. Um,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> another thing I said is like, "Oh, you can't, you can't make your car hella flush because I can't drop my drop my car to like a, a ridiculous height that is completely non-functional." <laughs> the game's like, all right. uh, like, "I can mess with my camber, but I can't can't stretch tires. I can't like put uh, a, like a two fifteen wide uh, tire on a, on, a, on, a, on a fucking big ass rim." Uh, which you shouldn't be doing in the first place, but we did anyway. Um, I I don't know. I, I think the the thing is like GT seven. It's like, we're going to do these handful of things and we're doing them extremely well. And if you're not on board, that's cool. But if you are, this is like 1000% your thing. Um, I think, I, I think a lot about why I love GT over Forza. Uh, and I, 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 like Forza a lot. Uh, even Same. like motorsport, like horizon is, I don't think, I don't think comparisons to horizon are, are, uh, helpful. Yeah, I don't think they're helpful yeah. in any way. Uh, other than the fact that like, Oh, if you want to race, what would you prefer? Like, I think that's a conversation, but making direct comparisons are that's, you want to do that with uh, motorsport. And I think, uh, mm-hmm. I think this kind of goes it goes back to uh, Gran Turismo's vibe. I don't know if Forza has the same presents itself as here's a here's a game that has reverence, has understanding. I mean, they have understanding of cars, obviously, because it's a Forza game, but um here's a celebration of cards right um so i think that that's what it has going for but i don't i don't i, I can't really uh, think of any flaws maybe, maybe like race variety might be uh, a thing mm. uh because like you essentially what you do to play this game is you race and right there's there's not there's not much else around it doesn't necessarily need anything else around it uh but that is that is the game uh one thing i think that is unique to forza that is helpful i, I don't necessarily use that much is the the uh when you can rewind time i think that's super yeah that's sure. super helpful for people who are sp- especially still kind of tr- trying to come to grips with how different cars handle how to mm-hmm. understand how different turns work in certain racetracks um and it's a great learning tool uh, for Forza and unique to that franchise. I think it's it's very useful, and I think it's a really cool feature. And when I realized that uh, Grants Turismo doesn't uh, have that, I was like, oh, shit, okay, okay. Uh, I just need to yeah. be a little bit more thoughtful about how I take corners and races. And it could be frustrating at times uh, because you can't necessarily rely on that rewind mechanic. Once I have enough time with certain tracks and kind of understand – like what gear I should be in, how much speed I should have out of the, out of certain uh, turns and corners and tracks. Uh, before that, i like to use the driving line. And I think the way Forza does driving lines is a little bit better than Gran Turismo. Sure. Cause you have the, in Forza, you have the option to have full driving line with the braking indicator. Uh, in Gran Turismo, it's like you either have the driving line or off. Uh, and the, the way Forza does it is that uh, you're yeah, like, it would integrate your
1: breaking pattern into the line itself. Um, like by color, it's like color coded. Yes. So it's like red means like slow the fuck yeah. down. Yellow means eh, slow down a little yeah. bit and green is just like, just send yeah. it.
0: And another thing too, is you can have in Forza, you can have your driving line for corners only, uh, which I think is really yeah. cool. Cause I don't necessarily want to have the game tell me exactly like how to drive around the track the entire time. Um, it feels a little on rails, uh, but if you need that, that's cool. Uh, but I do like having like okay, the drive line is only going to show up around corners, and uh, mm-hmm. but for GT, it's like it's on or off, and the the braking indicator is like it, it'll light up the entire track red uh, for the braking. If you want to have the braking indicator on, which I think is a little it took a little getting used to. It's fine, but it's uh, I just prefer the way Forza does it. Um, yeah. So I, uh, I yeah. guess I would like if I'm getting into the nitty gritty, those are like maybe the only things that I really um, would prefer a GT does better. I guess. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. No, I I get that. I, I think there's like a certain. I think with Forza, I I also played uh, Grid Legends recently. I'm I'm actually a big fan of like the the Codemasters racing mm-hmm. games in particular. Obviously, like I mentioned before, F1. But I'm, I'm a big fan of the Grid series. I actually just played <laughs> Grid Legends right before GT7 came out. That was very by design because I knew once this came out, I wasn't touching anything yeah. else. And it has a similar thing. It has like the the sort of track, on on track uh, racing line that gives you the the indicator of like how fast you should be going. And I agree about the the, re, the rewind thing. However, I will say like in Forza, like you mentioned earlier too, um, that can become a bit of like a crutch. Mm-hmm. Like if, yeah. if once you enter an online race and you realize you can't just take that corner <laughs> over again and you just ruined your yeah. race, it's like, oh, I should actually be thinking about these things more Critically. as like, I, I, yeah, I think more like in terms of like music. So I, I think of like, all right, this section, this, you know, this phrase, like this part of the, this bar of music, I can't get it right. I need to like, I need to piece it into the larger context of the, of the entire piece, obviously. I think Gran Turismo does a better job of, of being that sort of hard teacher on you yeah. about like, that one turn is like, is, is a, piece of this sector. And this sector is a piece of this larger track. And like, you have to really understand that, you know, however fast you're going on on this turn is gonna really like determine ultimately like your your entire lap time and, uh, you know, where you can obviously improve, where you, you know, the racing line also too is like, I have I, I keep it on just as a reference, but you know, there's obviously times where you're gonna deviate because either someone's in the in the way or you fucked up and you have to deviate. So it's like it's definitely a suggestion. It's good to have there as reference, but I don't really mind the the break indicator. I think it's kind of I think it's useful to have. There's also like a shift indicator so it'll tell you what gear you know, it thinks you should be oh, in. Yeah. And you don't always have to listen to that either, which is kind of fun. I will say the part that intimidates me the most is probably the uh, the tuning aspect. I'm, I'm still very, very new. I'm still very much baby when it comes to a lot of that <laughs> stuff. And I don't know, uh, you know, I'm still learning about it. I'm like watching YouTube videos and reading stuff about it. Even Gran Turismo supplies... A, a decent amount of literature on that stuff that you can sort of peruse at your at your own at your own pace but I will say I wish there was a way you could just download people's tuning setups I think that would be really oh, really, really yeah, helpful uh-huh. um because there's obviously going to be you know metas so to speak for certain tracks mm-hmm. and and for certain daily races and stuff but um the one thing I thought was missing that it's actually not it's kind of just hidden in the menus low key is uh i was t- I was actually telling this to lb the other day, is the uh, the driving school from GT Sport, which I really really enjoyed. Um, I thought was like a, a really excellent way to learn the, the basics, just the basics of, of of motorsport and racing in general. And a lot of that stuff is hidden in um, in GT Seven. But if you go to like the world map and you go to a particular track, let's say you want to learn Laguna Seca. Yeah. You can go in there, and um, not only can you do like time trials and just practice and just like free free run or whatever. There's a mode I forget what it's called exactly, but you can actually go in and like learn each sector of the track, and not only each sector, but like each corner and each turn. And then ultimately, they test you at the end, like kind of like a license test. Um, oh, then what? they test you on the whole track. I don't, I don't, yeah. So I, I don't think I know about this. Yeah. Oh, so what? it's it's really 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 helpful. They, they even provide demonstrations, and, they, and like so you can watch the video and and have the person you know basically. Uh, by text on the screen, sort of very much like the uh, I think Merritt called it the uh, sort of customer service <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, person on the screen. It feels like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. They'll they'll come on the screen and be like, oh, so you know, in this corner, you want to make sure you're not carrying too much speed into whatever whatever the case may mm-hmm. be. Um, but it's really really helpful. So I, I would say I know I, I I'm pretty sure newcomers to GT7 are going to probably hit walls eventually. Like there's always going to be you know things that you're going to have a hard time getting over in, in Gran Turismo and, and especially, you know, in a simulation game. But I would say if you're having a, a hard time on a particular track with a certain car or whatever, like try doing that. Like just try actually go, you know, trying to learn the track and like try to actually yeah. download the track into your, into your brain. Cause like I said earlier, like, like the reason why I think I uh, equate it to music, I, I grew up a musician. So I, um you know, I, I remember, what it was like to learn a new piece of music. It there was this sort of excitement around the, the memorization yeah. aspect of it, and the and the timing and the coordination. You know, much like video games, like a like an Elden Ring boss, yeah. um, you have to download all that information, and it's it's really helpful. I, I think it, sometimes the rewind feature can kind of kick you in the ass uh, eventually <laughs> yeah, sure. because uh, you're I see that you just like you can always just like pull that lever and, and just redo it. But um, I kind of appreciate the the punishment. That comes with the with the Gran Turismo session, yeah. but um, yeah, I mean, I can probably talk about this game for hours. Same, I, bro. I, I bet we'll be talking in, in DMs and and whatever throughout the course of the the next few months or so. But there's also like a a, a mode you can do. I haven't really messed with it too much. I, I tried and, and it didn't connect, so I was like, ah, fuck it. I'll just do something else. <laughs> um, there's a way to like meet up with people and just like just drive or just hang out in Gran Turismo that I really want to. Try. I, I'm sure it's not super robust, but one of the things I was getting into on the PC side um, in a subtle Corsa were these private servers where people were recreating the Tokyo Expressway and and the the, the canyons in Los Angeles Ooh, and like okay. um, you could just go make a private server, meet up with friends, and you weren't racing; you were just driving. Yeah. Like it was just like, hey, let's just go for a drive. And I think I think ultimately that's where I land with Gran Turismo. Is like that's kind of my my main focus at the moment and i i think it's a testament again to how flexible that game can be for for whatever kind of experience you crave and and what it can potentially be down the road pun intended yeah. <laughs> um because it, there is a there is a beauty to like just wanting to go get lap times in or just wanting to go tune your car it's like going for a joy ride yeah exactly exactly and and i think the the opportunity to do that with friends and stuff like that just like also you know I know we're way past the days of, like, a second screen experience or whatever, but I would love for there to be some kind of app or some kind of, like, um, web portal or something where you could go and just even look at your cars or, or like, oh, do research yeah. and or maybe have links to stuff because, like, I really do think Gran Turismo is is such a wonderful learning tool. tool. It's just, like, a shame that it's tied to a PlayStation. I think, like, I mean, if, if this was me and, like, Kaz in a boardroom meeting, I'm like, hey. <laughs> yo. A lot of potential here. <laughs> a lot of potential. Um, oh man, Do you, would you like a job with Polyphony Digital? I mean, I would like a job with McLaren F1. Oh, yeah, that's But you know, <laughs> I'm shooting for the stars, baby. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I yeah, um, I'm I'm obviously going to be spending so much more time in this like, over the next like several years, maybe even mm-hmm. decade, depending on whenever the next one comes out. But um, Michael, thank you for chatting with me about Gran Turismo. Um, I, if anything, we might have to do like a follow-up oh, chat with more, yeah. with more of us because I, I do think, yeah, spoiler cast. Yeah. We'll go full spoilers yep. on, uh, on the real, uh, hit sleeper hit of the, of the season right now. Not that Elden ring, which I'm also playing yeah, by the way. I'm yeah, not yeah, going to lie. I'm, I'm, playing Elden ring. <laughs> uh, I'm a Glenn for punishment. Um, but yeah, Michael, thank you for joining me. I appreciate it, bro.
0: Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, this has been good for the soul, uh, I would say. And, uh, like you said, or uh, before, like, I'm I'm legit looking at racing wheels. I'm going to do, go. do, I'm going to get that shifter too. Cause I, I drive manual in real life. Yeah. Just the sensation of driving manual. Like I play with the controller manual and I think learning, yeah, exactly. learning your shifting patterns is such a critical thing to also cornering and learning tracks and stuff. Yeah. So I I love, that sensation—it's like playing Final Fantasy. It's like fighting a boss in Final Fantasy 14, where it's like this—the this sequence of things you have to do uh, in reaction to something. And uh, if I can get a racing wheel and just like recreate that sensation of what it's like to drive my oh. car uh, on tracks and wow. stuff, like I'm, and it's not even—it's not even that—that that, you know, there's there's uh, cost-effective ways to do it. I am 1,000 percent doing it real soon, and it's going to be a game changer. It's going to be dope and it's going to let me know if you need recommendations for accessories and stuff. I got you. I'll, I'll hit you up. And, uh, like you said, I'm once, once I do get that set up, I'm going to be playing this shit for years. So, uh,
1: let's go. We got a race. We got a race.
0: Oh my God. You're going to get smoked on the track, boy. (laughs) Um, but yeah, thank you for, thank you for having me. It's, this has been, uh, this has been really, like I said, this has been good for the soul. So thank you for sure. For
1: sure. Anytime, anytime. got some sleepers coming out this week starting with a little indie game you might have heard of. If you've been dying for yet another machine to blake Grand Theft Auto 5 on, the game sees its official release on the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and S on the 15th. Paradise Killer, one of 2020's best games according to our very own Andrea Sheeran, comes to PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and S as well as the PS4 and Xbox One on March 16th. On the next-gen side, or current gen. Look, PS5 and Xbox Series X and S. The game now boasts new visuals at a silky smooth 60 frames per second and ray tracing. So yeah, maybe I'll finally play this game. Tunic, that cute little isometric action-adventure game that channels some serious Zelda vibes, comes to Xbox and Steam on March 16th. Also may check this one out because this is right up my alley. If Gran Turismo or Grid Legends has too too many wheels for you, crack open a cold one when Monster Energy Supercross 5 comes to PS5, Xbox Series X and S, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. For the fighting game perverts in the house, we've got 2014's Persona 4 Arena Ultimax coming to PlayStation 4, Switch, and PC. And the game I can already hear John vibrating about from over here, Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin, releases to hopefully heal our shattered timeline on Friday, March 18th. If you're new here, First of all, welcome. But TFTK regular listeners will know that the game is one of John's most anticipated games of the year. So definitely expect to hear John's thoughts next week and on our Tuesday morning stream companion, Tuesday morning the show, which you can find over at twitch.tv slash fanbite. Lots of really good streams on the daily over there, so definitely go check us out. Go shoot us a follow. And uh, you know, watch our archive streams over at youtube.com slash fanbite on demand. Whew. All right, let's wrap this thing up. Thank you for listening this week. Thanks to John for letting me drive. Thank you to our guest, Michael Hyam. You can catch him over at Michael P. Hyam and the rest of his and his incredible team's work covering all the Final Fantasy XIV stuff you need to know at thelinkshell.com, our dedicated FIFA 14 site. You can catch me over at Polymyo mm-hmm. on Twitter, TikTok, Twitch, all the socials that start with a T. And hey, if you like CFDK, please consider showing your support by leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I know you hear us say that a lot, but it really does make a huge difference for our show. We'd really appreciate it if you took the five minutes to hook us up if you like the work we're doing each week. You can also talk to fellow listeners and us over at fanbyte.casa where you can join our very own Discord with channels for each show and tons of other stuff. Really great welcoming space for new folks. So come on by, say hi. We really appreciate all the love. We've got five other shows on the network you might like or love if you you know haven't already tuned in. Head over to fanbite.com podcast for the full list and go check out You Love to See It. It's the other show I produce each week. It's our weekly movie review podcast hosted by the illustrious Danielle Riendo and Fernanda Prates. For the month of March, we're looking at movies with actors who we feel should have gotten Oscar nominations. It's Oscar month, you know? Come on. This week, we're looking at Charlize Theron's... Is it Theron or Theron? Charlize Theron's diesel performance in 2015's mad max fury road and trust me that pod goes places no kinky convoy could ever imagine so check us out sometime anyway y'all have a good week be kind do your best and keep it moving until next time you're welcome